Dear listener, based on many requests from our listeners, we are launching a Muslims on Fire Academy. It's for those who want to do more than just listening. It's for those who not only want to be inspired, but to be one of the Muslims on Fire as well. It's for those who want to discover their purpose in life, follow their dreams, and live in prosperity. If this is you, join us for a journey of a lifetime. The introduction course is free. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Salam and welcome to our podcast, Muslims on Fire. Stories from ordinary Muslims doing extraordinary things. With your host, Maruf. Hey, assalamu alaikum. This is Maruf. Welcome to the Muslims on Fire. Today I have a brother, Brother Anas. He has a very interesting story. And without introducing him too much, we'll deep dive into it and we'll welcome him and we'll start from here. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Anas. Welcome to the show. Welcome, salam brother Ma'ruf. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. It's my pleasure as well. Even though we did work uh, together, but we never, I guess, we talked in person. That's why I guess we are doing this today. Um, but Anas, I just want to, you know, uh, some. Can you do this? Let me start with this. Can you tell us a little bit, very briefly, about yourself and about your main business? Then we go deep dive into, I guess, you know, to get to know you better. Sure. So. About myself personally, I was born and raised in uh, North London in England to a middle class family with working class roots. My my father's side is English. My mother's side is Greek Cypriot refugees from the time of the Turkish invasion of Cyprus. You know, my social environment growing up was colored by a diverse mix of people from different ethnic and religious backgrounds. I had close friends with Bengalis, Indians, Afro-Caribbeans. Cambodians, Irish, Greeks, Turks, Pakistanis, the whole range, the schools, that, <laughs> yeah, the, whole, the, the schools that I went to were very ethnically diverse in London. They were kind of like inner city schools where all the ethnic parents sent their kids. And, uh, and even though I was in a more of a white background, that, that was the type of environment I was in. And I wasn't Muslim at the time. And, uh, but having this wide range of, uh, of friends and you know, from these diverse backgrounds, we ended up uh, having lots of kind of deep conversations late into the night about, you know, God and religion and morality okay. and materialism and human nature and so on. Okay. Um, yeah, do you want to inter- intervene and ask something? Or no, 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 no. The idea, the idea is that, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll deep dive into those things. But um, I think uh, today we know, yeah, I guess, that one of the co-founders of Sugar, I guess, right, Sugar Online, uh, for those who may know, that's uh, one of the modest brands modest fashion brands that sell Islamic clothing but but i guess so you, <laughs> you already started that's okay we're just gonna go so as of today if you were like you know sometimes we can connect the uh, you know dots looking backward but if you if you look at your childhood back i mean what would you say what kind of memories do you remember and most importantly what kind of things you you, you may think that it have shaped you who you are today what, what do you what, what would you say yeah okay so okay so bit more into detail than you wanted to that's, that's, that's okay that's so, okay so, so i mean if i could so if, if i can give like a high level summary then so, so i'm a, an english convert to islam converted at age of 21 
and uh, we launched, uh, and then I started uh, learning Arabic and Islamic sciences in the Middle East. And in the course of being here in, in the Middle East, we launched, we started, I started uh, Shuka when I was about uh, 27 years old, back in 2000 and, uh, 2001, 2002. And, um, you know, and, uh, and then I, my partner Jaffa Malik joined me uh, very soon thereafter. And then Alhamdulillah Shukr has been going on for this last, uh, you know, 19, 18, 19 years or so. So that's kind of like the high level, uh, you know, background. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. So, uh, yeah, that's okay. So just tell us, um, tell us about your childhood, like kind of like your upbringing. I think you already started mentioning, just continue. Yeah, you? yeah, so I, so I started to dive into the details from the beginning. So, um, yeah, like I said, you know, England, uh, you know, for those who are not familiar, is a very uh, materialistic and secular country. Most people have abandoned their religion uh, and are, you know, nominally Christian, but don't really practice. And so that was my family background and the background of most people that I interacted with. And uh, I found that a very uh, empty, cold place. And, uh, and so I think a lot of my, and Allah uh, SWT you know, had kind of placed in my heart this desire to know truth and find purpose in life. And I wasn't very really satisfied with living as an irreligious life. And so looking at people around me, whether it's family, friends, wider society, I found that the irreligious people were, typically speaking, quite empty and unhappy. And uh, and they and even if they were having fun, you know, early on in their life, like people do in their teens and their twenties or thirties, but the time they kind of aged a bit, and uh, then that's when all of the the emptiness kind of manifested and people were becoming more and more depressed. And, and, I, and I thought to myself at that age, I thought, and I saw this in my family, close family members, uh, somebody in my family, you know, tried to commit suicide very close to me. And I, and I thought to myself, wow, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to, you know, just have fun for my life. And then, but at the time, but so what age were you it, it, when it, you have, you're having these this are, you know, from, you know, maybe 18 onwards, you know, prior to, prior okay. to that, I was, you know, I was pretty, heedless like most people and uh, but I think you know from 18 onwards I start is when I really started to reflect about things and have all these dis discussions with my friends and research and, and think about life and uh, and, uh, and and you know kind of observing society and I came to the conclusion that a religious life was definitely the way to go and the religious people that I met I the religious people that I met whether even if they weren't Muslim, even if they were Christians, I have met, met a number of born-again Christians. And, and religious people overall seem to be a lot more content and happy, uh, internally at peace. And that impressed me. And, uh, I and, see. Yeah. Earlier you mentioned that uh, you, you mentioned you're like diverse, because London is a very diverse place, right? Yeah. There are different nationalities, this and that. So growing up, did you have any friends like out of your inner circle? What I mean is that... Like, you know, English, it's just difficult, even difficult to say, right? Because usually if you're in London, as you said, you're always diverse. And what I'm asking is that, do you have any friends from diverse backgrounds? It, could, it doesn't have to be Muslim, it could be any other religion or it could be any other ethnicity that just kind of helped you to be like making you more open, uh, I would say. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're mentioning that um, growing up in these like ethnically diverse schools, uh, where hmm. we had, you know, you know I, we, had, like, it was, we had a close group of friends, about 10 of us. And, you know, a couple of them were Bengali, some of them were Indian, some were Afro-Caribbean, mm -hmm. some were Cam you know, Cambodian, Irish, Greeks, Turks, oh, Pakistanis, see. and uh, from all different, you know, so some of them were Christian, some of them were, were Hindu, some of them were Muslim. Mm -hmm. 
mm. and uh, some of them were uh, were Buddhist, and so uh, there was there was a very you know eclectic uh, mix <laughs> of, of friends that we had, and uh, and, and, so, and so everyone brought their conversations and their stories and their their traditions to our discussions, and so we would have these we would spend you know be up all night having these talks about like I said about the meaning of life and God and morality and materialism. Are this, I, that's very interesting. So this you know this friends like. Like you studied together, or you live in the neighborhood? Yeah, it was. It was they were, you know, I met them at school. You know, growing up, and you know, often the friends that you meet at school end up being the ones who are closest to you for yeah for the yeah. Most, for most of your life. And so these are friends I, I first met from the ages of like eleven to sixteen, and yeah. we carried on. Uh, knowing, you know, carried on hanging out with each other, each other for the next you know more kind of formative period from sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty okay. years of age. When you know you kind of start to mature a bit and think a bit more seriously about life. I see. I mean, we we are now around when you said like around eighteen something. So you're actually looking at your you know surroundings and you are kind of beginning to notice that there are mainly like two different. You are putting the people, I guess, in two different groups. So one is those without any religious background or practicing religion. The other ones are more somehow somehow they are practicing some religion, and you notice that. There's a difference, right? There's, there's one of them feels fulfilled, the other one is kind of empty, and you are more inclined towards the religious uh, group. Yeah, no, definitely. I, uh, definitely. I, like I said, I, I so felt personally. Why Islam? Like, like, how did you end up with Islam? Like, you could have go closer to your, I guess, Christianity or, you know, any other religion. Yeah, that's true. Well, that was actually my first, uh, first point of investigation because I wasn't familiar with Islam at that time. And hmm. so uh, there was a lot of born-again Christians in my neighborhood who were kind of cool and trendy and they were playing basketball and they'd you know, invite you to, to their churches and so on. So I'd, I'd meet up with them and have discussions with them and read bits of the Bible and go to their churches and uh, hear what they had to say. And, uh, but I, I think I, ha I have, you know, Allah's given me this type of uh, questioning, skeptical mindset. And uh, so I would be you know, like, I would always be, okay, well, uh, where's the evidence for what you believe? Where's the evidence for that, the, that the Bible is <laughs> the word of God? Where's the evidence for the earliest manuscripts? And, uh, and they, would get, they would get a bit frustrated with my constant questioning. And, uh, and finally they said, well, just, just believe. <laughs> I see, I see. And I was like, uh, wow. Don't ask questions. I can't just believe because, uh, you know, uh, God has given me a mind. I need to think about things. And, uh, and like, faith needs to be based upon more than just, a, it's not just a jump into the dark. And so, um, and so, so I, I got a bit disillusioned with that group. And so then, uh, then I started to, some of my friends who were Muslim but weren't really practicing before then started to have their own type of religious, um, you know, awakening. And so they introduced me to some uh, Muslims who were active in a local mosque. Uh, you know, where, where, where I lived in in North London, there's a large Muslim community, a lot of uh, Bengalis, Pakistanis, Turks, a mixture of different. Childhood Questions are sponsored by Ali Huda. Ali Huda is a video on demand streaming platform for Muslim children where they can watch cartoons and shows while learning about Islam the fun way. If you are a Muslim parent, this will be one of your best investments. Visit www.alihuda.com for a seven-day free trial. Now back to the show. Muslim uh, ethnicities. And so I got to meet some of them and also at my university. 
And so, uh, you know, Allah blessed me with like, a lot of a lot of good people, a lot of good Muslims from different type of persuasions outside of university and inside of okay. university. And uh, and from speaking to them and then, you know, reading basic stuff about the Quran and and reading, you know, sections from the Quran kind of dawned upon me that Islam was different from Christianity, that it was actually based in, it had a, a rational basis to it, that there was evidence that the Quran was the same Quran, which was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. and, and the content of the Quran, reading the, reading the ayahs about creation, about the, the beauty of creation, being the man, manifestation of Allah's, uh, you know, creative power and his beauty and, and signs pointed to him. This all had an impact on my heart. I see, I see. So, I mean, what you're trying to say is like, they kind of answered your questions, I guess, partly Quran, partly Muslims around you. Yeah, at, at that time. yeah, 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 exactly. That's right, in a way? <laughs> well, no, it was a big change, alhamdulillah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, as soon as I converted and started to practice, um, I noticed a big change in my uh, inner sense of being. Uh, alhamdulillah, Allah placed uh, contentment and, uh, and peace in my heart. And alhamdulillah, uh, the more that one, the more the more that I find that I practice and uh, and draw closer to Allah Taala, then the, the greater this internal peace uh, becomes. Alhamdulillah. I mean, we'll we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll come back to I guess the sugar in a moment. But I just want to I want to get this back story. So actually, you didn't stop there, did you? Like you didn't just say, okay, I'm a Muslim now. I'm just gonna. Just go back and live. I think I was just reading a little bit about your background. So what you did is, I guess, at the university, I think you you went on to to study Islamic studies. Is, is, that, is that correct? So I, I was I was very much into academia. That was my passion. Was uh, okay. And so, and so I so then you know I was at the London School of Economics, done an undergraduate degree there, done a master's degree there, and I was but I was and I was studying philosophy and the social sciences and uh, and it and. And I saw like the flaws in like contemporary secular moral philosophy and the liberalism practiced by Western nations, and wanted to come up with like a, a coherent Islamic response and you know and uh, point of view. But because I didn't know Arabic, I didn't know the Islamic sciences. I you know I, I was severely limited. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, well, I need to I need to go abroad. I need to learn Arabic. I need to learn a bit of the Islamic sciences, and then I'll come back and do a PhD or something like that. And, oh. uh, and, and and become like a lecturer in a university and do dawa and uh, and you know help spread Islam to the world. <laughs> you okay. Know, these like a super. How did it work out? <laughs> 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 so uh, so it, uh, so I came to the Middle East and uh, and I fell in love with the Middle East. To tell the truth, I fell in love with the Arab countries, with the Muslim countries as a whole. I found like a level of uh, of, of beauty and peace in the societies and. And it transformed my perspective of the deen of Islam because prior to that, I had like you know, I've been reading lots of stuff about Islam, but when you don't see it in practice, hmm. then um, it can be a bit theoretical. But hmm. when I when I came to the Middle East, I was blessed to live in the lands of Sham in, between Jordan and Syria, mm-hmm. and and despite the imperfections of Muslim societies, there was a, a tremendous like beauty which I saw here hmm. in the hearts of the people here, in their social practices, in their family life. In their overall, um, you know, religion had coloured their whole being. You know, their their whole being was based about a, a recognition of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and uh, and so even you know, even despite people's shortcomings, they had that as their basis. Whereas, you know, what I'd experienced in the West was that an emptiness of uh, you know, not without this God consciousness. And so I think I kind of fell in love with the, the 
living here and uh, and thought to myself what i need to learn is the islamic sciences and it's going to take some time can't just like do you know one or two years of arabic and then go back and do a phd and so i set out uh, you know set out on a program of learning the islamic sciences and i spent you know about about four years learning arabic and islamic science some of the basic islamic sciences and um, and that was my kind of goal but then at the same time i needed a form of income and, uh, and so that was when i decided to launch a clothing company this is this is uh yeah. So before you do that, I mean, not everybody wakes up and say, I'm going to launch a clothing company, yeah. right? Yeah. So I would like to know your background. Did you have any background in clothing or how did you come um, up? No, not really, except that I was a bit of a fashion victim growing up. I was always into, into the latest street fashion and looking this way, looking that, oh, looking that way and same with my friends. And so, and, uh, so, um, uh, so, yeah, so I had an interest in it and, and I'm very visual person you know you have some people who are like audio some people who are kinesthetic some people who mm. are visual you know they have like a, kind of these psychological type of breakdown so i'm a very visual uh, oriented person and so i'm very keen and uh, so so i think you know, that's that was the only background i didn't have any formal training in, in, in but that was what uh, that, that was partly what uh, was the motivation and the second motivation was i was very interested in dawah and uh, so apart from the you know, to, apart from like learning the Islamic sciences to teach that or do something at university, I was, you know, I also saw that there was a need for uh, to create a, a like a culturally relevant uh, Islam in the West, you know, because Islam mm. until then was, it was, it was very foreign. You, 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 I guess you had like two extremes back in that day, back in like the early 2000s. You had, uh, you had like the very ethnic Muslims, especially in England, their communities of, uh, of Bengalis or Pakistanis, they can't speak the local language. They look very foreign. Mm. They, they they're not very good at dawah. And then you had people who had kind of acclimatized and adopted like a full Western culture and had lost their religious background. Um, yeah. But you see, it was very f f hard to find people in between who who had adopted the best of what the West had to offer, and uh, but also maintained their Islamic identity. And uh, and I thought I thought that part of that was, you know, at least in the realm of clothing, was that we needed to have some type of clothing which was culturally relevant, which was like which mm. was um, Islamic in the sense of being modest and and loose, beautiful, attractive, but also in a Western at the same time, and that it didn't make you stick out like a sore thumb that you think that you are uh, outwardly that uh, you look strange and ethnic, and that Islam doesn't apply to. Uh, to to that local uh, to that local people, so these are like the motivations which uh, started things off. I see, I see. I mean, I also I think we heard one of your interviews. You were saying that it was one of the inspirations was that you guys, when you went to Hajj, right? When you see these people all coming all different places, and you also mentioned the verse that you know Allah Subhanahu is the most beautiful and He loves beauty. There's also, I mean, this is very beautiful. Like like you know when when I heard about this, but I just trying to put. I guess myself in your shoes. Yeah. About I think it was about twenty years ago now. Before, yeah, yeah. It's, about, it's about twenty years. Alhamdulillah. It's about nineteen uh, years. Yeah, twenty years. Yeah. I guess yeah. almost. So lo look, I mean, that's amazing. So you had some big items. I understand. Like, like starting up is not a small thing, yeah. right? Let's put it this yeah. way. I mean, if you need to earn money, you could have gone out and find a job. But you instead, you did something different. First, you did create. You want to create your own company. The second, you want to do like, you know, something with, uh, inshallah, the most fashion. Yeah. Uh, so 
the most fashion part we understood, but but why why did you uh, start a business? Did you have any experience in business before? Or? No, not in the slightest. And and I'm not a natural businessman. I'm a bit of a reluctant businessman, to tell the truth. <laughs> okay. uh, and uh, and I don't really like business either. <laughs> so if, if I was okay. if I I would much rather spend my time studying and learning and <laughs> and be in the field of like an academia and Islamic studies. But um, but I I think maybe I was a bit independent and I I didn't like the thought of like doing some nine to five job and uh, mm. and actually it was uh, it was meant to be just a part-time wholesale business maybe taking up a couple of hours a day this is this mm. is the thought the thought was you know let me just let's just produce wholesale wholesale clothing i can interact with like uh, retailers in the west send them wholesale you know all these like muslim stores in the west you know muslim stores mm -hmm. that sell you know everything and anything and so we can sell to those and it will take up like you know a couple of hours a day the rest of the time i can spend studying so this is how it, this mm -hmm. is how it went for the first year. We launched it as a wholesale business and started to to sell wholesale to various retailers in the West. And then, but then uh, we found that they weren't very good at at, at pushing the merchandise. Uh, you know, the, these like kind of generic Muslim stores weren't very professional. And and we saw that there was there was a, a very popular response to our products. And so we thought, well, we need to do this ourselves. Uh, we need to do it retail mm -hmm. ourselves. And so we started off, um, so then we thought, and obviously, you know, the internet is kicking off and, uh, and we thought, well, let's, uh, let's launch, a, you know, a website. And so, so we launched a website in 2002 in, in mm -hmm. the States. And, uh, and very quickly, there was, there, and, we, and we attended like a number of these, you know, these Islamic conferences, events like, sure. like ISNA in the States. If you are an entrepreneur with a product or service for the Muslim market, let's get in touch. We are Halal.ad, a marketing agency and ad network for the ever-growing Muslim market. We can help you reach millions of Muslims to grow your business. Visit www.halal.ad for a 30-minute free consultation. Now back to the show. And uh, and there was a, a very uh, big, uh, you know, kind of very popular response to our products. Uh, sales were increasing quickly, and uh, there was a there was a lot of demand we saw, and so that and so it, it just started to snowball and uh, and take up more and more time and effort. So so from from two hours a day as a wholesale business, it became three hours a day, four hours a day, five hours a day, six hours a day. So, and, I and and I saw my my study my study time was decreasing bit by bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um and then so I uh, until finally it became well I don't really have any time for studying. It's this is just all work now. And uh, mm -hmm. it was a bit. It was a bit hard for me to tell the truth because my heart, like I said, my heart. I'm not really a natural businessman, and my heart is more mm -hmm. into studying. Uh, but I thought that this is, you know, Allah Montada, This is what he's destined for me. And if there's a, an opportunity to be of like, khidmah, of service to the Muslims and provide them with, with something which is needed in the West, then me, this is a, also a form of, of dawah and a need. Mm, and uh, and so I will, you know, this, I will content myself with with doing what Allah has placed me in. Yeah, so that was what Sounds happened. good. Mm. Yeah, recently one of the recent interviews actually, that's a coincidence. We were discussing with the Sheikh Ismail Kondak. He's actually from South Africa and, and he was saying something about Abu Hanifa. Yeah. And Abu Hanifa had a business so you know he can sustain his family and yeah. uh, 
the other time he <laughs> dedicated his life to 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 studying toxicology. So you were you had you, you were in a, on that trajectory, but I mean, let me ask you this. So yeah. if I remember, we mentioned so you were kind of find you were in the search of finding a kind of as you mentioned that like Islamic perspective in in the modern philosophy and their response, right? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. this is what this is where it started. Yeah, I want to understand. Just out of curiosity, personal curiosity. Mm-hmm. I'm also one of um, psychology is all you know is also one of my you know I'm a, I'm just I won't I wouldn't say I'm any expert. I just I just I just love studying it. Yeah. And so, how far did you get there? Where are you now? Um, well, I mean, I mean, I um, my 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 focus shifted. I mean, because when I was mm-hmm. at university, I studied a lot of philosophy, philosophy, political philosophy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had some background in that. And then, um, but then I, it was kind of obvious to me what the underpinnings were of Western thought. You know, mm. it's, you know, it's an, it's, it's an enlightenment perspective that human reason can come up with its own morality and, and, and own values and organization of society. And we don't need uh, religion uh, anymore. And, uh, and, but the, 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 that leads to like a lot of, a lot of ethical and moral problems because then you have issues like, well, why should you be moral? Why should exactly. you? Why should you? What's do the point of good? being moral? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if if there's no God in the picture, then why can't I just go out and steal, rip people off, abuse people? Why can't mm. I? Why can't I kill somebody? What's wrong with killing somebody? And I mean, you know, according to it's like, well, oh, you shouldn't harm others, but why shouldn't you harm others? I mean, if you don't mm. have God, if you don't have God in the picture, it all, it all returns to self-interest. So, so the Western philosophers will say, well, you shouldn't harm other people because if you harmed other people, then they might harm you, and then society will descend into chaos. It's like, well, okay, but what about what about if I can get away with it? Mm. You know, say I could secretly murder somebody, and and I and I'm quite sure that nobody would do the same to me, and mm. uh, or I could secretly steal something, or I could secretly do this, I can get away with it. You know, some there's a lot of intelligent criminals in the world. You know, <laughs> and uh, and so and so they, so they have these problems with their with their moral philosophy, and uh, and it's mo- and and I think we're seeing that kind of the manifestation of that in Western society, because mm. uh, because people uh, people were in the past were kind of governed by a Christian morality, even if they weren't necessarily Christian, and so they would still maintain moral values, even if they didn't believe in the faith anymore. I think that's that's breaking down more and more, and so we, we we're seeing like a kind of moral dissolution of society in, in the West, especially when it comes to uh, kind of sexual ethics and uh, and things like that. Yeah. And uh, and okay. yeah, speaking of, yeah, no, it's okay. So, so speaking of this ethics, look, well, one of the things I noticed that you guys, when you guys put photos on yeah. your website, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't usually uh, show the faces, just the product itself. Exactly, yeah. Because in, in our day and age, as you know, the fashion is all about the image and the person. That, that's Absolutely. why you have all over the place, you know, that, you know, naked women trying to sexualize women, trying exactly. to sell anything exactly. related. And you guys kind of consciously take a different approach. And, and I know for sure it will affect your sales, but you do it anyway. I just want to, yeah. You just deep dive on this and then just just tell us. <laughs> what your, what is it? This is this is quite a passionate topic for me actually because uh, because it's it's something it's it's a dilemma it's a dilemma which we've faced ever since the beginning of sugar and it's become even more uh, pertinent and relevant nowadays. There's always this tension between business and and religion because because especially in the fashion industry you it's you can manipulate abuse human nature to make a sale 
you know mm. you know humans humans we're attracted to beauty we're attracted to sexuality and so and so if you show a picture of a beautiful woman or even a beautiful man you know who's got a nice body who is uh, you know showing curves or showing part of their body then people are going to be attracted to that and not just mm. men, not just the opposite gender it's not just men looking at women but even women looking at uh, attractive women then they feel oh, well i want to look like her i want to be as beautiful as her i want to feel pretty because you know, people we have this you know we have this natural desire to feel beautiful and to and to feel have some self esteem, and so people so and so this this marketing it can be very pernicious it can be very harmful because um, yeah because you know it's it's a corrupting influence for for the opposite gender when they mm. look at that when they look at that type of marketing and it's also a corrupting influence for the same gender because because mm. then you start getting in, you feel you have all these insecurities and you know what i'm i would like to be look like that model but really my body's not like her and i'm not as pretty as her and so then you start feeling insecure and then and then you and then you kind of take kind of action to like boost up your self esteem you know you put up a bit more put on a bit more makeup or you pull mm. your clothes a bit tighter around you you do all these like unconscious type of things and so there's a lot of like deep psychology that goes on here and uh, and and in and our, our, in it, but even if we don't understand the psychology, our dean gives us the answers. You know, you know, it tells us that we should be modest. It tells us how to, you know, it tells us that there's standards for dress. It tells us about about outwardly beautifying ourselves mm. that it should be done in front in front of our spouses and not out in public. Mm. So we have we have all the answers in our dean, and um, and uh, and so we've we've always uh, Shuka, we've always tried to take uh, be very careful in this uh, in this regard and not. And not take advantage of human nature to make a profit, because it's true. Mm. If we were to put up pictures of of beautiful women or more suggestive poses or something like that, we would probably get better sales. You know, people would be more attracted to it. At the end of the day, uh, we're trying to keep our focus uh, a focus on Allah, a focus on the afterlife. This is like a, like a, we're trying to keep everything within the bounds of uh, of the Sharia. And uh, and and if Allah gives us success and risk as a consequence, then alhamdulillah. And if our and if we if our sales don't uh, aren't the same uh, because we take this person, alhamdulillah, Allah will give us something even better. In yeah, the, may, in, Allah, in, may Allah increase you. I really one of the things as I said, this is one of the things I respect about you guys that is you said that you want to put the faith into vision, and, and, and it's not easy. It's just not by words. You have to do action, and it may hurt you financially, but eventually you will get a better reward in the long run. Yeah, yeah, yes, alhamdulillah. So, so I mean, one of the things like like now we are discussing fashion and what is fashion, all the stuff. So, what's your thought on this? So, you see, this is what I noticed that um, some people might quote misquote me on this one, but when yeah, I mean the, the hijab, right? It's, it's it's a covering, it's modesty. It's not only for women; it's for men as well. But but in our society, it's, it's it it all came down to very simple, just cloth that would that you know women put on their head so even even then so my issue is that unfortunately when i look sometimes some uh, sisters right and and, and they uh, technically they say it's hijab right they put something but but as you said when you look at them just it unfortunately it just provokes this thing you know as yeah. is human nature yeah. and, and on the other hand maybe some some people maybe not even they're not even muslims right they just dressed the women dressed in a way Do you struggle with deen and dunya balance in your life? Meet Salam.app, a Muslim social network where your ego, nafs, is not in the center. It is a place to feed your soul with daily inspiration 
to make new Muslim friends and connect with Ummah. Visit www.salam.app and download free for your iPhone or Android. I'm not promoting it. I'm just telling you because I think it all goes to down to this one point. When you look at them, yeah, maybe their heads are not covered, but they're not promoting. You know, yeah. you know, when you look at them, you don't see, you don't, you don't, you don't have this. You know, you, you know what I mean. Like, like yes, when, yeah, when sure, opposite sure. look at these things. So my like challenge is that are we? Where are we going with this? Like, since you're in the, in the industry, I just want to know your thoughts on this. Where are we going with this? Are we just playing with just technicalities, say, just just to get a certain rule, but? Are we just forgetting the, the whole purpose, why we're doing what we're doing, or what's your thought on this? Yeah, well, uh, to touch you, this is, again, it's a very sensitive issue for me because I'm, I'm very sad and disappointed at the way the industry, the modest or Islamic fashion industry has headed. Because I think I think we are just like kind of playing playing with loopholes and technicalities and saying it's Islamic or it's modest just because it's kind of like a bit longer or, mm-hmm. or we've got a headscarf on. But really, we've, you know, if, we, if we're honest with ourselves, we are just uh, following mainstream fashion, hook, line, and sinker, as they say. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we, you know, we have, uh, you know, the, especially when it comes to uh, visual presentation and marketing, I don't see that there's anything different that the, the most uh, Islamic com- or modest clothing companies are doing that mainstream companies aren't. There's still the focus on outward physical beauty, beautiful women, uh, sexy poses, sexy uh, expressions, and you know. But if you have a hijab on your head, or you know, it doesn't. It's uh, it doesn't really solve the problem. And uh, and so you know, we've we've kind of lost the soul of of hijab and of Islamic or modest clothing. You know, the soul of it is 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 obudia, is slave is slavehood to Allah Subhanahu. We're doing this because we want to worship Allah. And and so if we want to worship Allah, then we will take, uh, we will we will faithfully follow Allah's instructions for the clothes and being modest and not outwardly beautifying ourselves, and doing it just for people that we're meant to be doing it for, for our mm. husbands, for our wives, and not for wider society. And you know, and also part of the the you know the heart of the hijab is is haya, is modesty, mm-hmm. and, and and so modesty is an expression of one's overall comportment and behavior and not just one's outward clothing. And so, but it's, it's, it's definitely not modest, obviously, to be wearing tight clothing, even if it, clo- you know, tight clothing and a hijab, even if it covers the whole body. It's not, it's not, it doesn't mean you have hayat, it doesn't mean you have uh, uh, modesty. And so I think, I think we all need to, you know, kind of reflect about this and, uh, and everyone needs to take, a, you know, make a, a, a personal choice to, to live up to the standards that Allah Taala has asked us to live up to. But at the same time, you know, we, we, you know, I don't want to kind of come across as like harsh and critical and so on. Sure, we, sure. We, we, we're living in very troubled, uh, difficult times. Uh, you know, secularism, liberalism has, you know, is the, is the dominant ideology in the world. Everybody has kind of been influenced by this. People are leaving the dean uh, in today's times in mass numbers. And um, people are struggling and trying to understand aspects of the dean. And so, so you know, if people are still staying Muslim, if people are trying, uh, you know, trying to some degree or another to follow the you know Islamic uh, injunctions, then alhamdulillah, you know, we look at, try to look at the good side of things uh, at the same That's time. That's good. Mashallah. I mean, uh, Brother Anas, when I look at you today, alhamdulillah, that I look at you as, as I said, one of the examples that people with your team doing the things they're really passionate about, what they yeah. really like, 
at the same time, you are you guys are making not only earning, you know, of course, we all have to make earning to provide a family, yeah. but you, you are making a difference, right? Yeah. So what I really would like you to share a couple of lessons from during your lifetime, I guess, then looking back, and especially for the listeners, you know, maybe there are a lot of brothers and sisters who are listening to us and, and you know, they want to do something. Yeah. Same, it doesn't have to be exactly the same thing, but they want, they have dreams, they want to, they, they want, they want to, you know, pursue that. And, and because you are one of the three examples that, that you are doing it and you are making, you know, because I think the, 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 what I'm trying to ask is that what would you like to share two, three life lessons? What will maybe aha moments or what you have done differently? What mm-hmm. would you do? I think, I think the biggest blessing that Allah has placed in my life has given, is being given, has given me good companionship, good uh, mm-hmm. sohbah of uh, alhamdulillah he's blessed me with companionship of of religious people like scholars uh, religious people righteous people a righteous wife alhamdulillah and uh, and so when you're in, in company of righteous people who you look up to then they inspire you to do things better and and especially keeping in contact with the religious scholars the ulama who can advise you guide you you can turn to them for advice ask you know learn study with them uh, take uh, religious guidance, rulings from them, then then that, that needs to be our yardstick. And so definitely at Shuka, we start, every aspect of the business, we have always consulted the scholars uh, about things. Is it, poss- is it permissible to take this type of photograph? Can we take this type mm-hmm. of photograph? Um, what about contracts between our workers? What about um, investment money? Mm-hmm. How about uh, different types of, uh, you know, uh, franchises you know whatever it may be we've always gone back to the scholars and so i think anybody who, and and this is uh you know this is part of our our duty as muslims is to is to learn uh the islamic injunctions the fiqh of of anything that we're involved in so so if you're going to be involved in a business then you need to learn you know the islamic rulings regarding that business that you're involved in and so you need to have scholars and access to scholars in order to do that. So I think anybody who starts up a business or does anything in life, they need to find out, you know, what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, says about that area, in order to live uh, live up to His injunctions, because that's mm. where we will have uh, success. So I think that's the biggest uh, the biggest thing that I would uh, that I would say, and and it, and that's like kind of, it's kind of like outwardly and and inwardly. I think uh, we. You know, uh, speaking to myself first and foremost, we need to work on purifying ourselves, our hearts, our intentions, our character, and and always having uh, like uh, observance of our of our thoughts, of our behavior, of our intentions. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Is this is this pleasing to Allah? Is this not pleasing to Allah? And and so again, that that comes about via good companionship, having mm. having uh, religious people when is around, scholars. A spiritual guide, whatever it may be, whatever it is that inspires one, uh, but one always needs that in order to improve internally, and uh, and by doing so, one keeps oneself in check. Because I think if one is, and then if one combines these two things, like I was saying, the outward or following the the Islamic uh, law injunctions and inwardly purifying oneself, then one will keep on the the straight path. But when you but when you leave one of these two aspects, then you end up going. Uh, going astray in one form or another, you, know, you can't. You. And so, um, and so, uh, yeah. So, so you may you may think that you somebody could have a good intention, for example, and think that they're and say I'm 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 promoting Islamic clothing, for example. Or I'm mm. pro- promoting modest clothing. I'm promoting hijab. It's really good. 
and it's a good intention, inshallah, Allah will reward me for it. But if you don't study the, the fiqh, or you don't, you don't have contact with ulama, you don't ask them, and then you start, you know, start using these like contemporary images of sexy women and makeup and tight clothes and stuff like that, and you're saying you're promoting hijab, then your outward action is, is contradictory, is inconsistent mm. with, with your inward intention. And so you always need, you always need uh, both. You always need the outward and the inward. And you so, need the right know, intention, also you need the right information, I guess, right? Ex- exactly, the right information. And, and yeah, exactly. And so that comes about, you know, traditionally Muslims would study, would study Islamic, would study the, you know, in one form or another by taking, and there's so many opportunities nowadays, mashallah. There's all these, like, yeah. all these, all these, scholar, all these scholars and students of knowledge who, Westerners now as well, you know, there's so many people that have come who have set up uh, institutes and online courses. There's no excuse really to not learn. Everybody, everybody can learn. Hmm. There's, so, there's so much access nowadays, something like that. Sure. So uh, it was different. Back in that day, I mean, 20 years ago, it was kind of it was hard. Everyone was, uh, there wasn't that many local scholars available. You felt a bit disconnected from the, because they were kind of ethnic type of teachers, something like that. <laughs> Whereas now you have, you know, there's so many, uh, so many things. I think everybody's aware, aware of what's available. And then, uh, that's good. I mean, so so tell us uh, where is uh, Shukr today, and and uh, you know where do you see yourself in the in the future, like five years, ten years? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the industry over the last um, four to five years has gone through massive, massive changes. Um, uh, there was there was always been like a, a, an increasing growth in the amount of companies that were involved in industry, but what's happened in the last four to five years is that it's become very mainstream. Uh, you, you've had uh, you've had um, a lot of investment coming in, a lot of interest in the industry. Mm-hmm. So you have you've had mainstream companies who are producing collections, mm-hmm. ta- targeting the Muslim market, and you've also had like large um, within uh, within the Muslim market. You've also had like large marketplaces, like Amazon type marketplaces emerge, like mm-hmm. like in Turkey and in Indonesia. Modernisa, yeah, yeah, yeah Modernisa or Hijab Hijab in in, in Indonesia and other mm-hmm. such Hijab, companies. Yeah. Yeah, and so they, so so these companies are, uh, you know, they're, they're very big, and they make it difficult for smaller companies like, uh, like individual brands. Mm. So, so individual individual brands like Shuka, when you're competing against like a mass marketplace, then it's difficult. Just like just like Amazon, Amazon has an impact on all these like local small businesses mm-hmm. or individual businesses because it's so convenient to go to an Amazon type marketplace and buy everything you want from there. Then uh, so this is a, this is a challenge. And so you know, but you, but then at the same time, people always want like a kind of specialist service customization. Mm-hmm. We want to they identify with a particular brand. Yes. They like that. They like the ethics of that brand. They like that particular style. Is brand loyalty. And so from that aspect, um, you know, companies like Sugar can. Can uh, can carry on and um, and you know still attract and and meet sure. customer needs that way. Absolutely. As as a last note, just uh, you know, for those maybe you know some of the maybe Muslim, some of the not Muslims, can you tell us a little bit you know backstory about the name itself and what it means? Yeah, shukr is an Arabic word meaning gratitude, and uh, and gratitude is a, is a tremendous uh, uh, virtue which we can have as people. It's, uh, uh, it means, in particular, it's, it's gratitude for all the blessings that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, that God has uh, granted us, creating us, given us existence, given us life, given us health, wealth, family, food, friends, you know, um, guidance, gu- guidance, um, a connection to Him, a possibility to be with with God for eternity in the next life. 
and uh, and and it's based upon there's a there's a famous Quranic ayah where Allah Subhanahu wa says that and if you give thanks then surely I will increase you. Increase you. Yeah. And so, I mean... so, this, yeah, so this was this was like the inspiration for 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 shukr, is that we wanted to try to be people of shukr who were giving thanks to God for the awesome. blessings. So may Allah, may Allah make those who are grateful to him and may Allah increase all of us. Yeah. Amen. So Amen. we're gonna we're gonna end up the show here on this high note. I think this is the highest note you can get. Right? <laughs> Sounds good. So tell us briefly where people can find more about Shukur, your website, or anything you want to mention that would be the best time. We also mentioned, you know, put it on the show notes as well. Yeah, we have a, we have a few a few websites serving different regions. We have a website for the for the US, for the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, international. I think the easiest thing is just to do a Google search for Shuka, yeah. and and then you'll you'll find one Absolutely. of our websites based upon according to your your location. It's spelled S H U K R, and uh, and you'll find a website inshallah. And we and we we ship all over, all around the world wherever you are. You can order, and we will uh, ship, and you will receive it within uh, two two to three days inshallah. Sounds great. Sounds great, brother Anas. Thank you for your time. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure and an honor, inshallah. For show notes and questions for episodes, please visit www.muslimsonfire.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like our show, please rate, share with friends, and leave a review. With your help, it will enable us to reach more people and change their lives for the better. Stay tuned. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum. Dear listener, based on many requests from our listeners, we are launching a Muslims on Fire Academy. It's for those who want to do more than just listening. It's for those who not only want to be inspired, but to be one of the Muslims on Fire as well. It's for those who want to discover their purpose in life, follow their dreams, and live in prosperity. If this is you, join us for a journey of a lifetime. The introduction course is free. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com.